episode is sponsored by the award-winning book Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot by James Allen Ross. Hey, Boothangs. It's your girl, Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to... Just Gooey Things. Ooh. Hey, Boothangs, and welcome back to Just Gooey Things, and we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, we are recording this on April 22nd, mm-hmm. so that means in four days. Do you know what April 26th is? Um, could it be our anniversary? Yes, yeah, two years. Two years That's bananas to me. I can't, I, I feel like last year mm-hmm. went by so quickly. Did we even celebrate our one year? I don't even remember. I think we point. just like, because it was, I think we were still doing quarantine spooky stories. So we were just like, yeah, hey, one year, can't do anything, but mm-hmm. woohoo. So yeah, so this year is our second year. So we definitely have to celebrate in style. What should mm-hmm. we do to celebrate our two year um. anniversary? Is that a rhetorical? Am I supposed to know the answer to I that? Think you should, I think you should give us ideas because you're creative. Okay. Um, for two years, uh, we have to do things involving... It's two years, two, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Things involve two. Um, I think... Double shots. Double shots, yes. Double shots. Um, uh, doubles tennis match. Love it. I'm actually very good at tennis, Are you so actually? I could actually be better than Rebecca at something, which would be a real whirlwind. Lily, you play tennis? So, when I was about nine until I was about 11, um, and a couple years before that, my family was a member of our town's country club. Uh-huh. So I must have been, I guess, yeah, like eight to 10 to 11 every summer. You know, my parents were like, okay, Lil, like, you and your brother need to be active, mm-hmm. right? Like, you got to start working out. Like, we want you to be healthy. And we're like, okay. And our country club had tennis lessons for kids. And I was actually really good. My mind right now, guys, is blown. I never knew Lily had the secret talent. Yeah, so they started, my parents started them for my brother because my brother was, like, he was getting older and, like, starting to go through, like, puberty and everything, mm-hmm. and they were like, okay, like, you know, you need to exercise, like, just as part as growing, you know? Yeah. It'll help your growing pains. Like, you know, you won't, you know, like, you just, you just gotta, you gotta exercise. And he tried basketball because he was tall, but he didn't really like it. So then... They were like, fuck it, like, try tennis. And the guy, I think his, he was French. And he used to wear these really short shorts. I think his name was, like, Eyal. Eyal. Oh, I was thinking, like, Francois or something. It was something weird. But my parents would pick us up. Like, they'd go, you know, like, to the pool during the day and come to the court to pick us up after our lesson. And my mom would be like, hey, like, how's Nick doing? Like, is he, you know, growing an affinity for sports? He'd be like, yeah, Nick's good, but Lily... <laughs> What? Oh my gosh, Lily, at some point this summer, can we please play some tennis together? Yes, because I'm actually, I mean, I'm, listen, I'm a rusty bitch because I haven't played in like 11 years, but I was actually like really good. Lily, when you're determined, you will pull shit right out of your ass. I know that for sure. You uh, you will kill it. I, oh, like 100%. Like I never have any idea what I'm doing, but when I want to have an idea, I managed to find one. You, yeah. You're like fucking Indiana Jones, just fucking <laughs> discovering, <laughs> discovering that. <laughs> I know. I was a looking. I was looking at um, 
apartments kind of closer to my job because right now, like, I love my apartment. It's cozy. Like, my roommates are the bomb, but it's so far from my job. It's, Mm. like, 25 minutes, half an hour. And pretty soon, you know, when we go back to COVID hours, I'm going to have to be at work at 7.30. I leave the house to be there at 8 at 7.30 because of rush hour traffic. So I was like, you know, and I found a place nearby that has, like, a tennis court. And I was like, oh, I could start exercising again. But, like, you know, I'm definitely not going to, but it would be nice. But you can view it from your room and be like, oh, that would be nice if I did that. Yeah, like, I could invite, because my mom loved playing tennis, you know? Amy. And we used to, yeah, so, like, I was like, oh, if I get that apartment, like, and I get, like, a roommate who, because, like, that place is like 10 minutes from my job and it's got better parking and a tennis court so I could start exercising again. Oh, so. also, could I shout out your parents for their anniversary? Yes! Oh my Happy 30th anniversary, Mike and Amy. Yes, my parents reached their 30th anniversary. Yes. And that same day was Grandma Doris's, my mom's mom's, like 70. Or Jesus Christ, my grandpa was born in 2064. 77th uh, birthday? Birthday? Wow. Yeah. Or 87th, I'm sorry. 87th birthday. Oh yeah, something something along those lines. And um, yeah, it was a big day. 30 years. That's nuts. 30 years. Did you see his Facebook post? Oh, which one? The one with the wedding or what he got your mom? So he, po- yeah, he posted this picture of what he got. He was like, I went into Macy's and I thought, I've been a good husband. And then I realized... I haven't been the bad hu- best husband, so I went into a nicer store, and then I realized, nah, maybe I haven't been even near the best husband, so I went into the most expensive store in the mall. <laughs> when I saw that bag, and then I love, you know what, the chef's kiss of that post was that the really nice gift that your dad got for your mom, mm-hmm. you just see one of his runner socks, just, yeah! just really just give it, Give it the Mike Baldessari touch. Yes, chef's kiss to Mike. But, um, yeah, I didn't see the actual part. I just saw the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, Mike, pulling in the big gun. I know. It was. But then the wedding photo, I showed Mike, and I was like, tell me Amy is literally, well, Lily is copy and paste of Amy's face. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, Yeah. no doubt. I am from here down my mom and from here up my dad. So I have my I have my dad's eyes yeah, and his eyebrows, but like my nose, nose my uh-huh. my bones, my my cheekbones, my smile. That's all Amy. Isn't it crazy? The chin. Like God just got so lazy with our family genetics. Like you know what? Just you look so much like your mom. Wait. So my mom sent me a picture the other day, and she was going through photos because she wanted to mm-hmm. post a picture for her mom's birthday on on Instagram because mm-hmm. now she's like getting into Instagram and realizes like people do birthday shoutouts on there. Mm-hmm. So she sent me this image, and Lily, I know that I look like my mom, but this was like, I honestly had to double take, and I was like, this is literally me. Holy shit! Yeah. Tell me that's not me. I had to double look at that, and I was like, hold on. Wait, I have a similar picture for Mother's Day. Let's post these pictures of our super hot moms. Tell me that's not my face. That's you, Rebecca! Crazy. That's crazy. That's scary. Yeah, they really like copy and pasted. Let me see. I have a picture of my mom in like Miami. So my aunt, my mom's sister, moved to Miami for school. 
She moved to Florida for school, and my mom went down to visit her. And there's this picture of her that, again, looks so much. How about this picture of my young mom? Look at her high, thick ponytail. She is literally a fashion icon. Right, right. Amy's just, but let me see if I can find. Okay, I just love the candid photos that your dad posts of you when you were younger on Facebook. Oh my God. I'm like, why don't I have a photographer around me when I was little, (laughs) like having cute candid photos of me and my mom? Like, I know. My mom was always the one behind the camera. So, like, there, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of pictures with my mom, but like, it was my dad taking them. So, at the time, it wasn't. There weren't digital cameras, so mm-hmm. you have the pictures where there's like the little thumb. Yeah, there's like the like the thumb or it's blurry. Yes. Or yes. like the date and time are like superimposed over the subject of the picture. Yeah, my mom is still very bitter about that. Twenty five years later, but <laughs> anyway. So I was thinking, Lily, for our two year anniversary. I was thinking for our two-year anniversary episode, which will be landing on April 26th, mm-hmm. appropriately. Yes. We should do that episode dedicated specifically to our boo things that have made our two yes. years possible. And we just read off all of the uh, boo thing encounter emails that we haven't read yet on the show. What do you I think? I love that. I love that. Because right. it really is. It is the boo things who keep us going. thousand percent. And you guys have some really awesome stories that you've sent us. So... Uh, if you have any stories that you haven't sent to us yet that you'd like to hear on our two-year anniversary episode special, uh, feel free to email us at... JustGoolyThingsPodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and uh, yeah, send it to us by April 25th, 2021, uh, mm-hmm. because that's when we'll be recording our episode. And mm-hmm. then on the 26th, that'll be when the episode gets released. Yes. So yeah, you have a couple of days since I'm going to post this episode today right at this very moment yay no pressure um but yeah so you know go through your rough drafts and you know do a couple of write-ups and then go to your editor and ask if that story <laughs> looks okay and then have them make corrections and then by sunday submit it to us through your email and then we'll most likely read it oh most likely i mean like 99.97 percent. yeah so yeah Unless we, if we get overloaded, we, like, what I do when we go to pick encounters is I just, like, scroll up and down on the mouse, and I'm like, uh, that one, because, like, I I don't want to, yeah, because I don't want to, like, favor anyone. All boo things are created equal. Yes. We love the inclusivity here. Yes. All right. But for this episode today, we are just going to be reading some spooky, kooky, ooky stories that we found on our favorite website. Reddit. Reddit from the deadit, yo. Read it from the dead. That was an episode, right? That was. Did I, I come up we, with that? Of course you did. Yeah. And I think I think we've made that a title a couple of times when we read our Reddit Yeah. Stories. So maybe it'll be read it from the dead at part three or whatever read part this is. Read it from the uh, dead at, um, I'll, I'll, I'll think of something. I'll think of something. All right, Lily. Do you want to start with your first story? Yes. All right. Let's hear it. So this one is from apprehensive underscore rip underscore 752 it's called saw a little i a little boy named raffi the first real ghost i saw when i was at university in australia i took a couple of years off my studies and moved from melbourne to sydney to work at a not-for-profit this particular not-for-profit 
nonprofit had for years been given the use of a really old rundown office in an almost derelict building. Thing was, it was in the middle of Sydney, so the location was great. We had little money to run the organization, so we were thankful for the space. One stifling, hot and humid summer evening, I was working back really late. I must have been a it, it sorry must have been about 2 a.m. in the morning, and I was in a room at the back of the office. There was a long hallway connecting where I was working with the front of the office. Given how old the office was, there was no air conditioning. I had all the windows open to catch any breeze and try and stay cool. I remember working and sweating. Then it happened. What happened? Dun, dun, dun. I was typing away at a computer when I suddenly when I was suddenly encircled by a freezing cold. The temperature felt like it fell by 30 degrees Celsius in a second. I hugged myself against it. There was frost on my breath when I exhaled. It was 100% like the sixth sense. Say the sixth sense. I can't pronounce it. Then I shot up straight in my chair as I had an overwhelming sensation that someone was behind me. I knew someone was there looking at me. Even typing this, I had the same chill pulsing through my body like I did that night. My first thought was that someone had broken in and I was about to be attacked. Spinning quickly around in my chair, I looked behind me, but no one was there. I called out to hear if anyone would reply. Nothing. I called my colleagues' names, thinking that perhaps one of them had come into the office to work. Again, nothing. Slowly, I got up from my chair and started checking all the rooms of the office. I walked down the hallway to the front of the office to check if the front door was locked. It was. Standing in reception, I shook the feeling of unease off as best I could and started heading back down the hallway to recommence working. When I got into the end of the hallway, the, fe the same feeling hit me. I absolutely knew that someone was behind me and they were looking at me. I froze and decided to spin around quickly to confront whatever or whoever was there. And that's when I saw him. He was a little boy, perhaps five or six years old. He was only visible from the head to where his legs began. Hmm. His legs were not there. He was kind of see-through, but I could definitely make him out. We made eye contact. He smiled at me, turned, his right, turned to his right, and kind of ran off slash disappeared. I was in shock. I could not believe what I had just seen. I had worked in that office for months. Nothing like this had happened before. I didn't know what to do, but I no longer felt afraid. He was, well, I guess a nice little kid. He just wanted to say hi is what I thought. I then said out loud, hi there. I have nearly finished. I have been heading off soon. I wasn't expecting a response and I didn't get one. I finished off and left the office saying goodbye as I locked the front door. Months later, I was at a pub where several generations of people who had worked at the same nonprofit in that office had gathered for kind of a reunion. As the night proceeded around the table, about a dozen of us retold our stories of the little boy that haunted the office. We all instinctively, unquestionably knew he was a young boy. All of their stories were as visceral as mine. It was then that I found out the little boy had been given a name. His name was Robbie. Sweet, right? And then 
there was a, um, what's it called? Comment that said, did the people at the reunion know his story? It would be interesting, that poor little guy. And the author said, no one, the building was built in 1910 from memory. We assumed he was a poor kid working on the site, child labor, and he must have died. Wow. Yeah. So. Uh, Someone said, someone said, please tell me his last name was actually Olay. (laughs) Raviole. (laughs) I love something you'd comment. That was, oh, 100%. But, wow. I mean, it's cute in the sense, oh, like a little kid, he's not hurting anybody. Yeah. That's also sad because that means that he's a trapped soul here on this earth. Yeah. It seems like he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He didn't connect with his family on the other side. Yeah. There needs to be some sort of closure there. Unless he's genuinely happy there or he's a residual spirit. Maybe he's, you know, since he worked there, even though it was like totally illegal and inhumane, maybe he's like, you know, just watching other people, making sure their jobs are done. And I think it was very sweet of the author, you know, the person telling the story to say, yeah, I, you know, said, don't worry, I'll be done soon. And he said goodbye when he left and that was it. Yeah. It's interesting because at that age, back then, these kids were working there more than they were home. So this probably felt like home to this person. And when they passed, whether it was at the location or whether it was somewhere else, maybe their spirit gravitated towards this location because that's really all he knew at that young age. Yeah. And like also, not to like make grand assumptions, you know, because like I don't know anything about like 1900s Australia I don't know anything about most things, but, you know, maybe he didn't have a good home life and he, you know, liked work. Or maybe, like, let's say there was a, I I remember hearing about this on, like, I think it was Ghost Adventures. No, it was Ghost Hunters, I believe, if memory serves. And there was, it wasn't a child labor plant, even though they've been to a bunch of those. It was, like, the manufacturer who owned the plant, the manufact like the owner of the manufacturing plant, would have his son around to help. Oh. You know, like like and the and the son like got his like hand caught in like some kind of weird machine or something and died. Uh-huh. But like he wasn't working there. He was just the manufacturer's son. Okay. So maybe it his... could be something like that. Yeah. You know, when yeah. he's stuck there like waiting for his dad or something. I mean either way it's fucking sad. Yeah, like it's there's a little kid that died. Yeah, yeah. That's sad regardless, but but it's nice to know that the spirit isn't malicious and yeah. that, the, that the people that are living aren't disrespecting the spirit Yeah, either. and they go to a pub and catch up about him and are like, oh, what about this time? And they're not like, you know, scared. Yeah. You know, the vibe didn't, didn't seem like they were like, what do we do about the ghost? And the fact that all of them have had experiences with this boy, mm-hmm. it's good to have that confirmation that you're not going crazy. That exactly. That this is something that is actually going Exactly. On. And you feel also, I feel like you'd feel less targeted. Yeah. Definitely. You know, if there's one other person who's like, yeah, man, like, I got chased down the hall and, you know, possessed, blah, blah, blah. But it's a bunch of guys like, oh, yeah, I saw him, like, oh, washing girl. his hands. Yeah, like, when there's a whole group of people who are not threatened, that also brings some ease to the situation. Yeah. All right, so my next story is titled, My Son Knows Things He Shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And this is from Real 2019. Real. <laughs> it's like a roar and a is meow, Is that what I it's guess? supposed to be? Like a real? Oh, I think that is. Okay, mm. I did not put that together, but that works. I make a lot of strange noises, so I, I can kind of recognize them in print. You're just like, ah, my people. Ah, yes, the phonetical spellers. <laughs> This is my first time posting here, so hang with me. 
I have four sons. My oldest is six, and he is the one I'm curious about. Since he was very young, first learning to talk, he's occasionally said things that don't make any sense for him to know. We were on vacation with my in-laws at the beach when he was two and a half, and he had a blast in the water with my husband and I. The next day, we got up bright and early to go back, and he adamantly refused. He kept insisting that there were alligators in the water. We tried to reason with him that alligators didn't live in salt water, but he wasn't having it. Well, my husband had taken one of our twins, almost a year old, into the water, and they were playing. A few moments later, a man comes running from the pier, yelling at him to get out of the water and for us to get away from the water. He explained that while watching the water from the pier, he saw an alligator just underneath the water stalking my husband. Oh, shit. He called 911 and animal control arrived and were eventually able to locate and capture the alligator. It was eight feet long. Hell no. There had been storms during the night and it was mating season. The explanation was that he was looking for a mate and had come in through a freshwater river that runs into the sea. But how could my son have known that about about hours before it happened. Because that son was cock-blocking that alligator. (laughs) That son's going to have no fucking friends in college. His roommate's going to hate him. They're going to hear the story and be like, all right, explains a lot. Yeah. Such a Chad move. (laughs) Anyway, another time, I was going outside to do yard work, and he told me not to go near the bushy tree, fig tree, because there was a rattlesnake under it. I'm going to assume that these people are from Australia. Just going to assume. Mm-hmm. All the dangerous animals. Right, exactly. Um, I thought it was just childhood imagination. I'm doing the yard work and go over to that tree to see if any figs are ripe, and I hear the rattle. Mm. I looked down, and I was about three feet away from a rattlesnake, and it wasn't happy to see me. <laughs> I quickly got away as not to disturb it further and hope it would go on its way. He shouldn't have known it was there. Another time, we were going to visit my mom, and he was asleep. We hadn't told him where we were going because she had a surprise for him. We got in the car and he said, you can't go this way to grandma's because the bridge is out. We always went that way if my husband was driving and the bridge had been fully operational the day before. But sure enough, we get to the bridge and it's tapped off with a detour sign. Oh, great. There's no way he should have known because word hadn't gotten out yet, especially since my cousin is the local supervisor and he didn't tell anyone about it until after I called him. I honestly find this all a little creepy because I can't logically explain it. The end. Also, was this kid old enough to read traffic signs? Right? Like, it, like I I'd be know. in a car seat coloring or some shit. I don't even know how to read, like, yield. Uh, that's still up in the air for what that actually yeah. means. <laughs> the, so, the fact he knew that the bridge was out, the fact he knew about the animals being mm-hmm. in close proximity to them. Yeah. This kid has special abilities. Yeah. And hopefully he's the family learns to encourage it and he can keep these abilities you know what for other years. i'm seeing a future for this kid what's the future he becomes a high school outcast <laughs> right okay. he saves the prom or graduation turns out he has superpowers either a marvel or a dc movie Ooh, what would his name be uh the glorious cock block <laughs> i'm here for it yeah Fuck a Spider-Man. We got the glorious... <laughs> this is this is our copyright trademark, so fucking Marvel, DC, have your yeah. people call our people, yeah. which is just our I email will, at... Uh, just going things podcast at gmail.net. Okay, you know, I'll do some background. Rebecca will be the damsel in distress, and I'll be just like the clerk at the coffee shop. <laughs> I love how you also added the dot net instead of dot com. 
Holy shit, did I say yeah. .net? <laughs> you made it so official. .net? Where did you get .net from? You know what? what? My mom's know. email is at uh, comcast.net. So I hear I her say that a lot. I haven't heard a .net in so long. Amy doesn't change. She's old school. I love that. I love that from her. Classic Amy. Okay. All right. What's your, what is this, your second story? Yeah, second Yeesh. story. Yeesh. So this one, do you want me to do this one? Fuck it. Just yeah. do it. Okay. But just do it. Nike. <clears throat> so this is from Walk Before You Crawl 187. And it is called, I witnessed something with a few friends in the woods nine years ago that haunts me till this day. Dun, dun, dun. Me and some of my buddies used to go to this place called Profile Rock in Freetown, Massachusetts. Late at night, sometimes two to three in the morning. One night during the summer, I go to Profile Rock with three of my friends at 2.30 a.m. just to mess around and explore. Now, I don't know this at the time, but Profile Rock and the area we were in is part of an area called the Bridgewater Triangle, which is a site of alleged paranormal activities and also one of the most haunted areas in the state I live in. Continuing on, we climbed Profile Rock itself, stayed on top of it for maybe three to four hours, and we all decided to leave. Now, as you're leaving Profile Rock, you have to go down this long path that's about two miles long to get back to where we parked our car. Two of my friends are walking about 20 to 30 feet in front of me, and my other friend, now I'll never know why I turned around, I didn't, I didn't have a feeling like someone else was watching us. I just simply turned around because besides the moonlight shining through the trees in certain areas, we only had cell phone flashlights to make our way around. I remember turning around and seeing someone running at us from about 150 feet away at full speed. I'm picturing like the get out run. What threw me off wasn't that they were running at us. It was how they were running. You know how a zombie walks in a horror movie dragging one of its legs and almost limping? That's how this someone was running at us. At first, I didn't say anything and possibly assumed it was one of my friends or someone that was already in there who got injured or needed assistance. Until this someone made it to an area of the path where the moonlight reached through the trees and gave them some perspective. What I saw still chokes me up to this day. You never, you ever see, (coughs) you ever see a child try to draw a person? How they make a stick figure most of the time? That's exactly how this someone looked. I caught maybe a 10 second glance as it was running under the moonlight lit trees, but I saw no distinguishable facial features, no eyes, no mouth, and no ears. Its arms and legs looked like that of an extremely malnourished person, only completely black, and it didn't look like skin or any type of clothing from what I could see. I almost can't even describe it, to be honest. And you could blatantly tell it wasn't a mask or one of those Halloween blacked out suits. So this is Slenderman. Essentially, yes. I was thinking this is not from our dimension. It is something that slipped through a portal, ended up right here in this woods, And they are not happy to be seen. Yeah, exactly. I I, I recall calling out to my friend in a panicked voice who was walking with me, who was now maybe 10 feet ahead of me. 
I shined my cell phone light on him as he was looking where I was just looking and I could tell right away from his facial expression that I wasn't seeing things. It was now maybe 40 feet away from us if that, if that, almost the same distance as our friends in front of us and me and my friend just took flight and started running. My two other friends in front shot around and asked us what's wrong and I replied, just run. And all four of us jetted to our car. I remember taking a glance back as we were running and there was nothing there, even though whatever was chasing us would certainly be on our tails by now. We all hopped in the car and my friend who was walking with me yells, dude, tell me you saw that. What the fuck was that? I told him I had seen the, the same thing and I asked him to describe to all of us what he saw, and he described literally the exact same thing that I saw. By now, my other two friends are thinking we were joking around or messing with them until my friend, who was walking with me, swore on his father, who has passed away not even a month ago, that he is telling the truth. Wow. I was kind of frustrated, TBH, because I couldn't believe my other two friends didn't see it as they turned around to question why we were running, but it didn't matter now. We actually went back there with a few more people that the day after and witnessed nothing, of course. I'll never know what it was or who it was or what it wanted, but I know one thing, there's no way in hell two people both imagined seeing some stick figure specter in the woods. Ooh. The end. <laughs> and then have some balls going back for a second time. Someone commented, imagine Doodle Bob chasing you yelling, <laughs> Mihoi Minoi! <laughs> if you guys don't get that reference. You're too uh, young! You're too young, bro. She's too young for you, bro. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. The balls should go back. Yeah. I would not I I'd be like, I'm going back, but like, I'm staying in the car. Yeah, no. I, mm, mm. One time is good enough for me, sir. And the fact, I love the peer confirmation, the validation that someone else saw that mm-hmm. too that was with you. And then it wasn't like, you know, oh yeah, like I totally saw that. What did you see? Imagine like, okay, I'm the friend, you're the author, right? Okay. Answer my question when I ask you. Oh my God, did you see that? Yes. What did you see? I saw a stick figure. A stick figure? Just running. Running. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What did it look like, though? Because I thought it looked like just black, right? And, like, you know you have that friend that, like, pretends to agree with Uh you and repeats after you? I don't think that was that. Absolutely not. You know, because they were going off the cuff exactly what they saw. It was the same. It wasn't like... And I know some people don't have morals, but to swear on your recently deceased father, I think is a pretty bold statement. Unless unless their father was like an asshole. Yeah. You know? Which can't relate. Rebecca and I can't relate, but... We love both our mics. Yeah. Mike B and Mike R are (laughs) superior. They are. They are the elite. The elite mics. Well, and, and Mike. Yeah, Mike S. Yeah, yeah Mike He's S. He's pretty cool, too. We've got, like, it's Jersey. Everyone's Mike. Mike We've got, like, three Mike B's and, like, two Mike M's and then a Mike T in my Mikey family. Mike S, Mikey K. Mikey K. Yeah, you know. Yeah. All that shit. It's a Jersey thing. Just Jersey things. Okay. So, my next story, um, I'm going to read, I'll read this one. 
my friend seems to be gone off the face of the planet. And this is from throwaway60230. Mm-hmm. Hello, Reddit. I'm on a throwaway account for obvious reasons. What's a throwaway? I guess it's just like an account that really doesn't trace back to who you really are as a person. Oh, like okay. they don't want their, any personal information that may be on their main account mm, to be connected to them. Gotcha. Um, most people, I bring this up to fake cry, uh, cry fake or think I'm insane. So please forgive me for this story. Mm-hmm. So I am currently 21 years old, and up until recently, I had not experienced anything that I would call, quote, supernatural, end quote. I'm still not sure what to think of the supernatural slash paranormal, but this really freaked me out. I don't know if something brought it on, but I was out with my friends when I suddenly started thinking about the past, particularly about my childhood friend, Brendan. We went to elementary and middle school together, and when I was remembering this, I just assumed that he went to a different high school than me and we drifted apart. So I decide that I'm going to track him down and reconnect with him, right? But I can't find any of his social medias or information about him online. Mm -hmm. And then I sort of forgot about it for a while. Then, about a month ago, I was out with another one of my friends, we'll call her Amy, whom I'd known since elementary school as well, and I asked her if she's been in contact with Brendan or if she knew how to get a hold of him. She seems to hesitate, but when I mentioned his last name, she remembered. She told me she hadn't spoken to him in probably eight years, but remembered his parents' address. So I drive over there, seeing as it's not actually that far away. Mm -hmm. Then his parents open the door, and I recognize them. Mm -hmm. So they say hi to me, and they invite me inside. I introduce myself and they remark on how much I've grown and then they say they don't have a son. What? Stop. I immediately assume that maybe he had gotten into drugs or something Mm. and they disowned Mm -hmm. him, right? But no. They insist that they do not have a son at all. Just two daughters whom I vaguely recognize slash remember, but there's no doubt that this is his family. I ended up outright accusing them of lying (laughs) and they ended up getting really defensive. So I just apologized and went home. I don't think I got the wrong house. I recognized them and they recognized me, but regardless, I phoned Amy and told her what happened and asked her if she was sure this was their address. I stopped thinking about it for a while until about two weeks ago, Amy texted me saying that he wasn't in any of her yearbooks. And sure as shit, I checked mine and he's not there. We met up a few days ago and we both went in separate rooms to draw what we thought Brendan looked like, just in case he was a shared hallucination. That's fair. But no, we both came back with drawings that almost looked the same, down to the way he parted his hair and the location of his three face moles. (sighs) In the last few days, we've both been going down a rabbit hole of talking to old teachers, friends, etc. And I swear to God, it's like he never existed. We even went down to our old middle school to see if he was in any class photos and nothing. I also got some old birthday photos from my mom. And on most of those birthdays, I am 100% certain Brendan was there. But again, nothing. Mm. Not even my parents remember. I don't like this. Amy Amy wanted to check hospital records for some kind of birth certificate or anything. Mm -hmm. But it's really starting to scare both of us. Is there some kind of explanation for this, supernatural or otherwise? If it were just me, I'd think I'd dream it up, but Amy pointed out the correct address, and we both came up with near-identical drawings of him. So then there were a couple of updates. So update one. I will keep updating this post with more information as we look. Amy and I are planning to go back to his house tomorrow so we can ask more questions and show them the composite sketches that me and Amy did. 
we'll be exploring the possibility that Brenton was a foster kid mm. and we want to take a look at his bedroom. Also, I've become aware that birth certificates are public records, so I'll be looking for a birth certificate tomorrow. At this point, I don't know whether he's a missing person or if he never existed at all. Should I possibly call the police? <gasps> I'm not sure. So update two. A lot of people are theorizing that Brendan is trans, and that's why his parents insisted they had two daughters. Uh-huh. But I don't think that's the case. Brendan had two sisters, so if he transitioned, then his parents would have said they had three daughters. Okay. Someone also suggested that me and Amy draw a map of his where his room is in the house so that when they go there, we can test again to make sure that this isn't a shared hallucination or something. Mm-hmm. Amy doesn't remember the exact layout of his house, but claims to remember, A, the side of his room where his closet was, and B, what side the window was. So we'll be comparing that instead. Also, on the topic of going back to his house... His parents do like me. They remember who I am, but according to them, I was a friendly neighborhood kid who would babysit for them, not Brendan's friend, which is strange because I don't think I've ever babysat at all, so I don't think they'd be offended to see me again despite how our last interaction went. Some people also don't believe that we remembered his moles, but trust me, they're very big and distinct. Also, some people are talking about similar stories they've seen. Please link them. Also, if something like this has happened to you, message me. Update three. So we went back to visit Brendan's parents, and we told them that we'd been looking for Brendan and what we remember. I'm pretty sure they thought we were crazy, but they did cooperate. We also showed them sketches we did, asked them if they would had foster kids or whatever, and nothing. They agreed to let me tour the house, but not Amy, I guess because they didn't know her. And first of all, Amy and I were right about the location of A, his bedroom, and B, his closet. According mm. to his parents, it's just a... It's just a throwaway room, though. There isn't a single photo of him in the house, either. I don't think his parents are lying. They honestly don't seem to think they have a son. I also asked them about our relationship, how I knew them and how they knew me, but they really didn't give me any new information. I babysat, helped out around the house, and that was it. Because of corona, we won't be going to the hospitals near us for the time being, but birth certificates are public records, so maybe there'll be some other way to check. We also contacted old teachers, classmates, etc., and they don't know anything about Brendan. Oh. Uh-huh. I've sent my mom the drawings that we did, and we'll update when she responds back to them. So then update four. So I'm pretty much at a dead end, and I think I may it may be time to give up. A lot of you have put forth alternate timeline theory, and I'm sort of leaning on that as the answer, but there's no real way to know. I apologize that the story really doesn't have a conclusion, but I guess that's how it is. My mom did reply back to me. I've been texting her for the last hour and a half. And she has no idea who that person me and Amy Drew is. And I also brought up to her my supposed babysitting for Brendan's parents. And she says she remembers me occasionally doing that. But again, I do not remember this. Some people have poked holes in my story. And I suppose that's understandable. I didn't expect this post to garner so much attention. And I left out some details initially. So to address any concerns... How did we both, A, remember what he looks like eight years ago, and B, have the artistic skill to draw him? So me and Amy both attend university-level art classes Hmm. and know how to render a human face. And Brendan's facial markings, his moles, are very distinct, and that's why we Mm -hmm. remembered them. Next point. Why are his parents okay with me coming over repeatedly? They weren't entirely okay with Amy being there, but they do like me. And I acknowledge that this is a little intrusive both times I was over, but... I don't think they would suddenly do a 180 and never allow me back there again. Mm -hmm. And then, how did me and Brendan not stay in contact after middle school? We were inseparable in elementary school, as said before, but we started to drift apart in middle. I guess we just stopped putting in the effort to see each other when high school started. And to further separate us partway through my first year, me and my mom moved across our city. 
I can already see why people would be confused now that I live now that I live near his parents again. And to answer that question in advance, I now live on campus nearish his house. And there were a couple other points that he made, and he was a lot of points. And he just kind of knocks down any sort of retaliation or any mm-hmm. sort of um, kickback to what he was saying. Hmm. So yeah, that is that story. On, That's a mind fuck, honestly. On the MIA of Brandon. Yeah. That's you know. I have a couple of opinions, and my favorite one that stood out was maybe, you know, Brandon was a missing person. You know, at first, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, we never had a son. Like, what if they kidnapped him and he got caught? Or he, he got found, right? Yeah. This family adopts the son. You know, the son gets found, taken back to his real family. And they're like, oh, no, we never have a son. But the mom would still remember him playing with the son. He would have been in school pictures, yeah. all that the stuff. The teachers would have remembered. Yeah. It's weird. It's so weird. Unless this was like a shared imaginary friend between Amy and this writer. That could be very possible. And I do like that he kind of debunked the artistic skills because that was something that crossed my mind when you were like, oh, and we both drew him. And I was like, okay, well, how well did you draw him? But yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff does check out. So I don't... Definitely seems like there may have been some lapse in... In dimensions or some sort of, I don't know. It's weird. Have you ever heard those theories? I, I saw it on once on, I think, like, celebrity ghost stories. And there was this woman who had wanted to have a child. Okay. And the pregnancy didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I think she gave birth to the baby. And, like, still Yeah. And... Or maybe, no, maybe she lost the baby in the womb. Some, okay. Something like that. But she would, like, hear babies crying, mm-hmm. you know, and hear, like, toddler footsteps, you know, almost as if there, the baby was still there in spirit, like, not yeah. physically there. And I wonder if maybe that couple had gone through something where they were expecting a baby and the baby didn't work out, but the baby was still present. Oh, and God, I have chills. That's literally, that would make so much sense, and it kind of grew up through the house, but obviously... Parents don't know that. Yeah, and that could also be why they're like, no, we don't have a son. What? No, what are you talking about? Never had a son. Yeah, and they got defensive. Yeah, right? Because obviously you see, someone comes to your house and you remember them as just babysitting. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to just tell somebody something that personal. That personal. Like, I had a miscarriage. Or- yeah. Now, to be fair, I actually recently, so when I moved in with my roommate, well, uh, well, with my roommates, one of my roommates, I we were in the same friend group. We were really close, like sixth through eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Sixth through eighth, a little bit into ninth grade. And we were catching up on, you know, people we had known in that small school. Mm-hmm. And one of our classmates is now trans, right? And I was saying, oh, how do you think so-and-so is? And they were like, actually, they go by, you know, this name now oh. and, and use these pronouns and... I was like, oh, okay, like, I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, what it is what it is. So I feel like as far as, like, the, oh, what if they had a son who transitioned into being a woman. I didn't even think of that as an option. Yeah, I didn't either. And then they said that, and I was like, okay, but, 
you know, even though this was someone, you know, we didn't really know, we hadn't spoken to in years, but one of us did know, we gave them the update of, oh, yeah, no, like, they're still around. It's just, you know, use this name and these pronouns. Yeah, you have to come across that person. Exactly. And use the wrong pronoun. Yeah, and if someone came in and, you know, and said, like, let's say it happened with, like, my brother, one of my kids, and said, I'd love to reconnect with, you know, Janice, you know, mm-hmm. what's the latest? I wouldn't say, oh, we never had a daughter named Janice. Yeah, you'd just like, oh. Yeah, you know, you'd be like, oh, well, that's so sweet, but just so you know, you know, Janice is, I don't know, James now. And blah, yeah. Blah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's right, you know, like, well, then if they had two sisters. That would make, that, that would mean they're three sisters. Yeah. yeah, so. I mean, I'm not the best at math, but that does make yeah. sense to me. <laughs> All right, Lily, what is your last story? Okie dokie. My last Damn. <laughs> we definitely caught that. That's great. Let me see. Is this the one that I did? Okay. So this one is called I Never Experienced Genuine Terror Until Last Night. Ooh. I want to start off by saying I have never experienced anything visual like this before. If there is a possible explanation, I would like to hear it. My girlfriend and I are in the process of moving into a basement suite. We still technically reside at our old place across town for another three days. Her name is the only one on the lease since we've been having some relationship issues due to work stress and personal problems. Well, I hope you work those out. Oh, and this is by Girl Danny DeVito. (laughs) So... Girl Danny DeVito says this basement suite we moved into had been completely gutted and most of the appliances and flooring were placed except for the bathroom. It's now a city legal suite with its own water heater, etc. since uh, there had been a massive police investigation done a few months prior. Oh, we weren't told much about what had happened there other than, quote, drug-related incidents. Mm. Um... I went into the bathroom to do some cleaning yesterday evening and noticed what looks like blood at the bottom of the radiator. I've attached a photo at the bottom of the post, and here that is. That literally looks like blood to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, Or, I mean, like, it could be, like, part of it around it might be rust, but, like, that looks like blood if you ask me. look quickly, I think that's blood. Yeah. Um, it seemed creepy and I didn't want to touch it just yet because gross. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, a few hours pass and my girlfriend goes to bed in the bedroom and I fall asleep on the couch watching TV. I woke up around 4 a.m. to our cat knocking a plant off the window and still fucking with the blinds. The lights were off, but I have a big black light aquarium in the living room, which lit up most of the living room kitchen area. My girlfriend came out of the room to ask what was going on, and I was all pissed off, half asleep, cleaning dirt off the countertops. She told me to leave it for tomorrow and to just come to bed and then walked away. I stayed up and continued cleaning for maybe 20 minutes since there was dirt all over the place. This is what fucking terrifies me thinking about it now. I was in the kitchen wiping down the counters. It was pretty dim, but... I could still see. It's now around 4.30 a.m. Oh, Mm. imagine. I don't even want to clean in the afternoon. Let alone 4.30 in the morning. No thanks. I'll leave that for daylight. Yeah, that's Rebecca's Peloton time. (laughs) She's like, ooh, ass crack of dawn. Time to work out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Guys, she's Why dying right now. <laughs> no, it's good. At 4.30, I'm usually waking up to eat, like, a Hershey bar and go back to bed. Lily just looking, like, in her robe, hair messy in a bun, just judging me, like, this fucking bitch. <laughs> This fucking bitch. I do joke about it, though. I'll be like, I want to look like Rebecca. And then I'm like, do I want to be up at 5 a.m. on the Peloton? And then I finish my slice of pizza, my, like, eight (laughs) slices of pizza for the day. Now I want pizza. Oh, shit. Anyways. Okay. Um, 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 4.30. I turned around towards the garbage can and my, and there's quotes around this, girlfriend is standing in the dark doorway just staring at me. I couldn't see her face clearly, but it was a six-foot thin figure, the exact build as my girlfriend. I said, oh, sorry if I'm keeping you up. I'm almost done. She just stood there facing me. Nope. I figured she was just pissed off since we had been arguing off and on the whole week. I asked if she was coming to bed. Or I finished what I was doing, and I walked past her and asked if she was coming to bed. She didn't move. I walked, which is me when I'm mad, too. I just stand there, stare you down. I walked straight into the bedroom and closed the door, and my girlfriend was laying there sleeping. No. I woke her up by closing the door, and I guess the look on my face scared her enough to make her spring up in bed, wide awake, and ask what happened repeatedly. I started gagging, swearing, and pretty much just lost it for a minute or two. I told her I just saw her in the kitchen, and she said, well, yeah, I came out earlier and asked what happened. I told her, no, I just walked past her. I just walked past her into the bedroom. She pretty much just went silent, peeked out of the door, and nothing was there. We both went to sleep a while later. I don't get strange feelings here at all, which is the weird part, but holy fuck. I have no idea what that was last night, and it scared me so bad I almost threw up when I realized my girlfriend had been sleeping that past half an hour. I don't fucking blame her. Yeah, I have no idea what to make of that. Uh. And so they did attach an image, which I don't... I don't want to post this on Instagram because I don't want people to think it's ours. Yeah. But I will be posting in the Just Coolie Things podcast group on Facebook the link to this post with the image. Ooh, I like that. Oh, my goodness. You get Loki Doki Artichoke came down. Hi, baby. Do you have any stories to tell us? He says, something spooky woke me up. It sounded like my butt. <laughs> Your dog ever fart himself awake? Yes. Faith. Clyde used to do that. Faith doesn't because she sleeps like a rock, but... He sometimes wakes himself up, he'll randomly howl in the middle of the night, and then, like, wake himself up, like, who is that? No. He, he never howls and barks, so it's just really weird. Go bite her. Go bite her, Loki. Bite her. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that's spooky kooky ooky. Yeah. There's and also... I want some doppelganger shit right Yeah, there. right? Like, some spooky kooky ooky doppelganger. And there are, like, some updates, you know, basically just on him trying to debunk the whole thing. So I'll I'll post that as well. Okay. So this is my final story. Mm -hmm. And this is titled, A friend said goodbye to me in my dream right before I found out he died. Oh, no, ma'am. And this is uh, from writer Lego Lux. So a quick backstory. When I was about 12 years old, I met a boy who was only two years younger than me. Unfortunately, he was diagnosed with a fatal and incurable disease known as Batten disease. 
I knew that he needed a friend, so I stayed by his side as he faced sudden blindness and paralysis. Hmm. As often as I could, I would go over and help out around the house, read to him, and watch movies. I remember one night I grew very tired and quickly dozed off. My dream started with me walking to his house as usual, and then I suddenly saw him running towards me with a smile on his face. I was stunned in the dream, looking at him with pure confusion. He came up to me and started talking as I stood there frozen. So this is what you look like. I want you to know that you are my only friends, and I don't want you to worry. I'm not in pain anymore. <gasps> the dream ended with him walking away as I woke up. I laid there processing the dream, and an hour or so later, my mom came into my room crying as she delivered the news. He had passed away. Even though it was very sad, the dream made me feel at peace. Does anyone else have a similar experience? Oh. The end. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's really sad because, like, as a, someone commented, it's really, sad only to think, one friend. Yeah, that this little kid was dying with only one friend. Mm. But I mean, this just shows that it's quality over quantity, right? Like, oh, absolutely. You would rather have one dime yeah. or a few pennies, right? Yeah. So. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So I think that it just goes to show that just be kind to people. Yeah. I feel like we talk about this a lot on the show, but just be fucking kind to people. It really doesn't take a lot. Yeah, it's, uh, you and can it's And you can do, I was about to say, you can do it for free. Free of charge. Free of charge. You know, I love that. And this reminds me kind of, of obviously not to the same heart, I mean, still a heartbreaking cal- uh, caliber, mm-hmm. but not quite as emotionally intense. But my first dog... Peanut, who we got when we were, I was five. I think my brother was like eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in second grade. Uh, I was in kindergarten. My brother was in third grade. So she was our first dog. She loved my mom. She had, I think, like three days left to live when we found her on Pet Finder. The thing said, please help Peanut. She only has three days. And like oh the, my God. the next day, we got in the minivan. We went, we picked her up. We, I remember she was getting really old, right? Uh She had arthritis. She wasn't doing too well. Yeah. And I had a dream, kind of similar, but you know, dogs don't talk. Yeah. And Peanut always slept. Her spot was in my old house. Um, We had a staircase and at the landing, you could see the back door, Mm -hmm. but you could also see the front door. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and you could see the stairs. So Peanut, her place to sleep was at the landing because she could see who was coming, who was going, and she could make sure we were all upstairs at night. Mm-hmm. So cute. She was, oh, she was so good. And eventually she stopped being able to come upstairs, and we knew it was kind of you know the beginning yeah. of the end. It was tough. And one night I had this dream, I think I was in eighth grade, that – and it was it was very similar kind of to how he described this, except for much less heart wrenching because this is like a child, yeah. you know, who wasn't well. Um, but it was a similar experience where it my dream that night was just Peanut, and she was happy and she wasn't very gray, mm-hmm. and her back legs they worked, but she couldn't separate them. So the way she went upstairs was she would put her top yeah. two paws and oh, pull, oh, and pull right. So my dream that night was just quiet and it was as if I was standing on top of the stairs and she was happy. She was smiling. She had like that, you know, her tongue hanging out of her mouth and she was just walking up the stairs. You know, Mm -hmm. her back legs were working. And once she got to the top, I woke up and my parents were sitting on my bed and they told me, my dad actually phrased it as peanut went up to doggy heaven last night. And the way I interpreted that dream was her on her way, you know, 
up to doggy heaven. Aww. Yeah. So yeah, sweet. it was, yeah, it was tough, but it was like, yeah. that's what that was. That's, oh, that's awesome. You know, cause you know, like this guy said, these dreams, they're almost like visions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like I said, that's, you know, I'm not trying to make this about me or saying, oh, I know how that feels. Cause this is much more heart wrenching, mm-hmm. you know, but it is a similar experience. Like, yes, you know, of, someone you love and yeah. you've created memories with. And yeah. It kind of is in the sense of, you know, this kid only had the writer as their only friends and mm-hmm. when we have dogs in our lives usually like they attach to yeah a human and yeah. you, you know peanut you know you were his human in yeah a sense. so to have that kind of goodbye was like a good closure for you of realizing that yeah in a better place. yeah definitely like you know they're they're bo- in both these cases they're ways of saying goodbye yeah of I saying know. i'm happy now you know of of her saying look my legs work uh-huh. You know, her saying, listen, I'm happy, you mm-hmm. know, and him saying, and, you know, the little boy in the story, you yeah. know, saying, listen, I'm happy. I'm not in pain. Thank you for being my friend. And you can kind of be like, okay, they said their goodbyes. You needed that. Yeah. 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 You really need that. Well, on that sweet note, that concludes this episode of Just Ghouly Things. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Thanks. Lily, do you have anything to add before we shout out our socials? Um, I always have a lot to say. Um... How about um, other people's bodies are none of your business? Okay. I saw a big Twitter fight last night before I went to bed. That was like the scrawny swimsuit. And they were like, just some crunches and you could look like the ad. And everyone was like, yeah, uh, she literally didn't ask you. Yeah. I don't get that. Like, just... Mind your own fucking business. That that's the name. That's the theme of this episode. Mind your fucking business. Yeah. Let people yeah. live. Damn. But you know you have people making stupid comments like that, and clearly they are they have nothing else going on in their lives that they feel the need to comment on others. Yeah. So you kind of have to take the criticism where it comes from. Yeah. I love when people are like they're just hating because they're jealous, and like sometimes it, I've been watching a lot of America's Next Top Model, mm-hmm. and there's this girl, there's this. Uh, model on and I don't really want to go too hard on her because it turns out she actually did have a lot of problems later on Mm -hmm. you know so she clearly wasn't in a good place but on the season she was just like episode one like she's really friends with this good with this girl this sweet girl she wins a challenge and she's like well she thinks she's all that you know and then this other girl gets the best photo two weeks in a row and she's like you know like we were friends and now I'm seeing her true colors and it's like her true colors are that she's better than you yeah like like, don't don't hate us because you ain't us I'm saying. Yeah, right? Jeez. Keep it 100, y'all. But you have to, but that's the whole thing kind of circles back to someone says something like that and you can get mad and be like, yeah, you're just a hating ass bitch. Mm-hmm. But it can also be clearly this person is fighting some demons like yeah. themselves and like yeah. they have some sort of problem that they just haven't gotten resolved and they take it out on everybody else. So. I got into an internet fight. Which- Again? Well, I don't do it a lot. Lily. I don't do it a lot. Well, the guy who said, oh, poor people complain about everything instead of making themselves unpoor, like, I couldn't bite my tongue on that. Stupid shit I ignore. But then this other girl, you know, said, hostesses don't do anything, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, I mean, I hope the hostess at your restaurant doesn't see this because she'll just not seat you. You know, yeah. like, we're doing a lot more. Like, sometimes we end up front of house managing, blah, blah, blah. She just started going in on me, and someone was like, 
damn, like leave Lily alone. Yeah. Like she's making good points. And I responded to that person. I said, no, honestly, it's really okay because clearly this is how she gets her attention and validation. And I love donating to charity. Oh my God. If I can get that on a shirt. <laughs> But yeah, mind your own business, guys. All right. Unless someone's dying in the street. And you know what? Maybe they want to be dying in the street. We've all had those days. <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I can back on that a little bit. Right? You know, you have those days. You're like, fuck it. I'm going to just, you know, walk across the GSP. Whatever happens, happens. Honestly, pay for my fucking tuition. Go for it. Just Dude. Some of, the, some of those days. You know? I had a, we had a customer at the bank who got hit by a car. He was skateboarding and he got hit by a car lost it never the same but he's loaded so like he gets to be insane because like their he pockets hurt exactly <laughs> make their pockets hurt all right well if you don't feel like minding your own business then follow ours um you can follow I us like on that. you can follow us on instagram at just goalie thinks podcast our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter JGT Podcast. Facebook Life Page. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Facebook Private Group. Just Ghouly Things Podcast Group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Uh, you can also buy our merch at Just Ghouly Things. Wait, no, fuck me. Okay. Um, tpublic.com. Search Just Ghouly Things Podcast or RebeccaRuber.com slash shop. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal story that they'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at justgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com, especially this week, especially these next few days. Yes. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Things. We will talk to you on our second year anniversary. Goodbye. Alex Knight, the world's foremost authority on Bigfoot research, heads to Canada to investigate a profoundly incredible Bigfoot encounter. His daughter, Sydney, eagerly joins the expedition, accompanied by reluctant Toronto television hostess, Amira Ali. Sid and her father's team adventure north in pursuit of the legendary Sasquatch. Prophecy from a forgotten Algonquin tribe and a mystical calling deeply connect Sydney to the creature. The revelation of unknown truths ensures that Sid will never see the forest or herself the same again. Get your copy of James Allen Ross's Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot now for the price of $9.99 paperback and $0.99 cents on Kindle. Available on Amazon.